0: Hey there, it's Scary
1: Parrish. It's Friday, April 9th, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I own College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black mat. Norlander is here with me, and we are both back home after a week in Indianapolis. For dead leg, it was a little longer. The coaching carousel continues to turn. Most recently, Arizona decided to fire Sean Miller after 12 seasons, so another big, big job has opened, and I know this happened a couple of days ago and theoretically we could have done this podcast a couple of days ago but in the spirit of transparency I was exhausted and Deadleg
0: was sick. Deadleg, how you feeling? I'm on my way back here. I mean, <laughs> my body I thought it was over for you for a minute. It was never over. <laughs> there was there was two
1: times this week I thought it was over for 76 Indiana. And I thought it was over for you. I thought you guys were
0: both going out same week. I'll tell you what. Made it back to Connecticut. Drove, you know, 12 hours, 20 minutes or whatever. After you get a good
1: night's sleep? Do you get a good night's sleep Three hours? On
0: three hours of sleep? So here's what I think happened in part. So I think my body was like, you sit the F down. <laughs> this is, we're done here. It's over for you for the next 48 hours. So got back home, had a random assortment of food Tuesday night at like 9.45 at night. Went to bed pretty quickly after that and then... Listen, I'm not going to get graphic. It just got bad. Uh, frequent trips overnight, uh, and then I had my first vaccine shot scheduled for Wednesday, late afternoon, early evening. But I was I was feeling so terrible, and you know I was in a football stadium with plenty of people who opted not to wear masks as they cheered or yelled at the refs. That's like I got to get a rapid test. So. Um, I went and got a rapid test. It came back negative. Actually, literally as, literally as I'm, the test swab is up my nose. As it's actually happening, my phone buzzes. Sean Miller's just been fired. <laughs> okay, this is wonderful. So, uh, so yeah, I was recovering for a couple of days. On, on the mend now. Actually got the vaccine sh- first shot. And You're a since,
1: half vaccinated man right now.
0: I'm a half vaccinated man, but because of that, you know, because I was under the weather, you know, it 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 kind of continued to set me back a little bit more. So um, appreciate anyone's patience. Are you patience. are you
1: rocking that Pfizer? Or are you rocking that Johnson and Johnson? Or are you rocking that Moderna?
0: I'm rocking that Pfizer.
1: I'm I'm fully vaccinated Pfizer. I'm Team <laughs> Pfizer myself. Yeah,
0: there we go. I'm rocking that Pfizer. Half vaccinated situation over here. So. Uh, that is in large part why we're getting to this little coaching carousel update podcast. A little later than normal. But hey, we're giving it to you leading into the weekend. And oh boy, it was, yeah, it, was it was rough there for a little while. But we're, we're getting back on track. I thought it
1: was over for you.
0: It wasn't over for me. I was 76 I it, Indiana. I had it the whole time. I thought it was over
1: for you. The, the Particularly, there was a day like maybe yesterday, you didn't return a text for like three hours. It was a group text. And and as a, col- as a collection, the group, we thought it was over for you.
0: <laughs> no, I just, uh, it actually felt good to not be around the phone so much. Oh gosh. Needed that break. Now my body, my body really was, cause the thing like in Indianapolis for 13 days, you're either in your hotel room. That's just not good for the psyche, by the way, you're in your hotel room or you're at, uh out of game basically or you're you know i i was able to go and there were a couple of nice days where i just walked around real quick but other than that now it was in plus three hours like we podcasted i packed slept for three hours and then i made the drive Whew! man that was that was something but yeah here we are, here we are and actually when i made that drive i'll swerve right here for you uh when i made that drive and it was at that point where the Sean Miller stuff was plenty noisy. Like, when's this going to happen? This seems now it is inevitable. And it didn't actually happen until Wednesday. But the day after the championship game, uh, I'd say behind the scenes, it was it had clearly reached a stage where it was pushing toward that point. And it was just a matter of when exactly it was going to happen. And then it wound up happening Wednesday. I want to say when that thing was getting jabbed up my nose, it was about... 12 30 12 40 in the afternoon
1: yeah same situation with me i was talking to somebody on monday night and they were like so you looking forward to getting back home i said yeah i am looking forward to get back home but that everything in between now and getting back home is going to be awful like uh i'm gonna podcast till 3 a.m and it ended up being until about 3 30 i'm going to then pack fall asleep around five fifteen, and then Get up at 7:45 to do HQ, and then I'm gonna go to the airport. I'm gonna fly from Indy to Atlanta, Atlanta to Memphis, go straight to the studio, do a radio show, and like you know, I'll do it. I, you know, I'll get through it. I always get through it. But man, it's if it, 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 I'm I'm dreading the process. And this and this person said, "Oh yeah, well, just wait till they fire Sean Miller right in the middle of all this." So, like, behind the scenes, people were starting to expect this was going to happen. It didn't happen on Tuesday, but it did happen on Wednesday. Sean Miller out after 12 years. Your thoughts?
0: Uh, well, let me start with your thoughts. You wrote a column on this that basically asked if you were going to do this, you know, this, the FBI announced its investigation in 2017, um, you know, why not a year ago or two years ago? And that column, I'll I'll link that column in the podcast description if you have not read it already. Uh, There's certainly a a point to be had there. Arizona could have made a change long ago, and it didn't. Uh, Seem a bit weird to you, the timing of all this? I don't know about weird, but certainly questionable.
1: And I want to be clear, I'm not against Arizona firing Sean Miller. I'd have probably done it years ago. I I just don't know why why stick by him for years while all of this is swirling. And it becomes crystal clear that um, basically every rule you can break as a staff was broken on his watch. I don't know why you stand by him through all of that and then fire him now. A, when the notice of allegations came finally arrived and it was kinder to Sean Miller than I think most anticipated it would be. And B, when he's got probably, at least in my mind, had a preseason top 25 team, you know, uh, ready to go. Now, whether they would have been eligible for the tournament or not remains unclear because you know they still haven't been punished by the NCAA. But my whole thing was either do it years ago or just ride this thing out the way Kansas has decided to ride it out with Bill Self, for, for better or worse. To do it now is nonsensical from my perspective. Now, in, the fair, in, in fairness, Jeff Goodman reported that the explanation for why now was that the administration wanted to do it previously – but there were some big money boosters who had sided with Sean Miller and therefore the administration couldn't pull the trigger on it because of those money people to that. And I'll just trust Goodman reporting here to that. I would say, well, then that's a failure in leadership. That's a failure on the administration. It is your job to make it, to make these big money people understand why, uh, why, why, why staying with Sean Miller throughout all this is counterproductive to the program. A it, 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 I don't want to say ruins your reputation as a school, but certainly damages your reputation as a school. R- regardless of what you think Sean Miller may or may not have done, it is undeniable that multiple assistants on his staff were committing major rules violations. So he was either a coach who was condoning cheating or a coach who didn't do enough to stop it. You pick, um, but but one of the two. Uh, you, you hold on to a guy like that, it, it damages, at the very least, the reputation of your school. Um, it, 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 and then it, it, and, and then to fire him, you know, by the way, five weeks after the season ended, uh, which, which like either like do it years ago, or if you're <laughs> going to do it now, do it weeks ago. Why now? And the, the explanation seems to be, well, they finally got the big money boosters to sign off on it. And to that, I say, congratulations, but your, your failure to do that earlier is a, is, is a failure and and a total lack of leadership, and it's created a situation that is worse than it it should have been or could have been.
0: All right, so I can support Goodman's reporting here and maybe bring some more information to light. So, like, three weeks ago, I was going to have just like a 600, 700-word story uh, as part of the court report tied to this whole Sean Miller deal. And I can't remember, something sidetracked it, so we, ne- we never ran it. And then I was going to basically report this whole thing when I got home from the tournament, if nothing had changed, because they were at a stalemate here. And the, all right, here's the here's the deal. Like, the athletic director, uh, Hiki, is powerless at Arizona. Talk to anyone connected to that. He has no say in anything that's happening with any of this. It is all the president, Bobby Robbins. The president has been stuck between an eight-person board of regents, like, four of which, I guess, were anti-Sean Miller from the get-go, another two which were, I guess, could be persuaded, and then I don't know what the deal with the other two was. But that was one side. And then you had a few few very influential boosters who were supportive of Sean Miller from the get-go and essentially saved his job up until this point. What I don't yet know is what shifted here that ultimately made them cave in. But what I do know is I was told that there was Sean Miller had one year left on his deal. So as the timeline played out with all this, he got a contract extension in early twenty seventeen, which would have been about six months before the FBI announced this investigation. So Sean Miller had been able to coach up to this point because he had gotten the extension on his deal before we even knew the FBI was having an investigation. Now he was I've been told Sean Miller was never going to go into the final year of his contract and coach like that just wasn't going to happen it was either give me a one-year extension or a two-year extension or just fire me i'm not going to coach for uh, with one year left because that just that happens at the america east level that doesn't happen at the pac-12 level or the sec level or the big 10 level etc so uh it is odd that they, that it waited this long i mean there was just a curiosity for a few weeks here. Because Arizona, again, wasn't it wasn't postseason eligible. And they just kind of let this dangle out there. Arizona got a commitment from an Eastern Washington grad transfer, I think, a couple of hours before they fired Sean Miller. Like, what? I was also told there was, like, an associate athletic director that... Walked into uh, an Arizona workout or whatever the day before he was fired, and this person was never around Arizona previously, not not once before. So they kind of felt like something might have been up. Very weird. You're right though. Leadership failure from the top. Um, we can get into the candidates. There's also like there's also speculation that because Arizona did it on this timeline, like they didn't fire Sean Miller until after the NCAA tournament was over. Tommy Lloyd, a Gonzaga assistant, has been connected as a candidate for this job. And, okay, why didn't you fire him three weeks ago? Why did you wait for Gonzaga's run to end? We don't know if Tommy Lloyd's going to get the job or not, but he's definitely in the mix. He's definitely interviewing for the job. I can report that. So, uh, weird all around. Just weird all weird all around. Um, I guess the at the end of the day, Parrish, it, it seems like the president had the pull of boosters that significantly matter for a couple of years. I did go back and look late last night. There was never like a real statement of true support ever from the president for Sean Miller in light of all of this. So it's not stunning. I, I, I would have to think that uh, on some level, Sean Miller is not surprised by this. Um, but there was a wonderment if it was going to go until May or June before something like this was going to happen. But they played out the string. You know, they're going to pay him for one year. And now they don't know how severe these punishments are going to be. I mean, the, the IARP stuff, I don't think that's happening for Arizona until, like, at least a year from now. Like, whoever the next coach is, I don't think they're going to be facing any kind of punishment as a program for the first season. We haven't even heard from the Memphis case yet. So, I don't know. whole thing is, uh, is bizarre. This is a top-ten job. I do think it's going to be facing a postseason ban at some point, I think. But probably not till 2023 would be my guess there. And now Sean Miller's out, and I don't know if he'll ever coach in college again. Uh, I saw Woj reported that, you know, him finding a spot in the NBA could be a likely landing spot. I could certainly see that. Uh, from, from an X and O standpoint, I think he, he will be able to find something there. But that's conversation down the road. But anyway, those, those are my my thoughts and the read on the situation right now. As we record this podcast, there are interviews happening today. I was also told Miles Simon is interviewing today for the job. And a timeline for this... I was told Monday, official announcement, maybe Tuesday at the latest. So this shouldn't take too, too long here.
1: No, because it sounds like they are interviewing, pursuing nothing but people who will take the job. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the way you understand? That's the way I understand
0: It, it. is how I understand it. And if you want to get in the can we can, the only other thing that I was told to just be mindful of is that the Arizona deal isn't like exactly like Carolina and we'll get into Hubert Davis if you want but Carolina it's it's totally like in the family you it's it's got to be one of us that's how it it's been since Dean Smith right Arizona there is plenty of player influence alumni influence uh, and that could ultimately come into play here uh, but it's not like that will rule at the end of the day, you know. That's why you have Tommy Lloyd involved in this, and maybe there's another mystery candidate that's not connected to Arizona that hasn't been reported yet. But yeah, what you're getting at is basically is is my read on it. And they're going to interview people that want the job that are connected to it, and that's why you're you're seeing the names that you're seeing out there.
1: Right. I was on CBS Sports Radio the other night, and I was asked if the looming NCAA issues will. Um, minimize the type of candidate that Arizona can get and I really don't think it does I mean you know we could you you, you look at the Louisville situation you know they had looming NCAA issues a few years ago and they were still able to go hire the person they wanted to hire which was Chris Mack why because it's it's a great job and you know you can build things into the contract that that you know, I think I think I'm pretty sure I'm I'm definitely sure. Chris had stuff put into the contract that if we are hit with these types of things, then my contract automatically extends. And I imagine Arizona, if it has to do something similar, it, it will do something similar. But from talking to people, um, every candidate that you've heard it, for this job is a candidate who will take the job. So it's Gonzaga associate head coach Tommy Lloyd. It is Georgia Tech head coach Josh Passner. It is uh, Lakers assistant Miles Simon, Pacific head coach uh, Damon Stoudemire. I guess the one that would be a little unsure uh, whose name has been connected to it would be Kings head coach Luke Walton. Like, you know, w- would he leave an NBA job right now to be the head coach at his alma mater? Maybe. So I, I guess I should I should reset it a little bit. Uh, th- that that one's got a little bit of a question mark to it. But I imagine at Arizona, th- this is the bottom line. Uh, they are talking to people right now who they know will take the job. And at some point over the next few days, they will offer that job. That person will accept the job. And then that person will be introduced as Sean Miller's successor.
0: Yeah, and as far as... Uh, I- as far as how I read this, this is all the president that's 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 doing this. The board of regents has the only is the group that has the power to fire the president, and so I think that's ultimately why we got to this point when we got to it because regents were never going to extend Sean Miller, and he he was caught between two powerful groups: the boosters that basically have helped put the program in the position position that it's been in and the Regents who control his employ- employment there. And uh, normally an athletic director, through approval of his boss, uh, makes that decision, but uh, that's not the—that's not my understanding here at all. This is basically all the president's call, and by the time we're talking to you next, I would have to think that we're going to have a new Arizona coach.
1: If you're Tommy Lloyd and the job's offered, is it a no-brainer to you, you take the
0: job? I think so. Um, I think Tommy makes close to a million, if not a million annually. Uh, he's regarded as, you know, one of the three to five best assistants in the country. And I mean, Arizona, you're making at least 3 million. It's a top 10 job. He, don't, don't get me wrong. He's got a wonderful setup at Gonzaga. <laughs> he really does. And he is, the, I mean, it's in it's in his contract. He is the coach-in-waiting at Gonzaga if he doesn't go. Uh, now, if he does leave, I don't know if that, that would impact it or not, but... Yeah, if you're offered it, I think you got to take that job. Even even if there could be some sanctions down the way, I think I think you got to take it. So we'll wait. We'll see if it happens. But he's ready. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's been ready for a long time. He's turned down other jobs. There. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if if it winds up getting offered to him or anyone else. Because uh, there are definitely there's definitely a push to keep this uh, and get it to an Arizona guy, basically. And we'll and we'll see what the president decides to do.
1: Yeah, um Tommy is 46 years old and he will be if he just decided to ride this thing out at Gonzaga, he will be the successor to Mark Few. But Mark's only 58. Like you know, we're we're talking about a sport where we men routinely coaching to their 70s now. So if you're Tommy, do you really want to wait to your late 50s possibly to become a head coach for the first time? or be the Arizona coach at the age of 46? I think the answer is be the Arizona coach at the age of 46. Again, just to make it clear, I never t- insist what people must do with their careers. Like Tommy, things might matter to him that wouldn't matter to somebody else. Tommy can do whatever he wants to do, but Arizona is a great job. And there's real history there. The fan support is incredible. Um, I would assume if it's offered to him that he will be the next head coach at Arizona, but for, for whatever it's worth, in the betting markets, have you seen this? You know who the favorite is in the betting markets? Lay it on me, Damon Stoudemire. Hmm. Okay. Hey, if I were if I were guessing, and I would only I would only be guessing, but guessing based on conversation I've had, so let's call it an educated guess. The, the next head coach at Arizona will be Tommy Lloyd or Damon Stoudemire. It's if you go outside the family, it's Tommy Lloyd. If you stay inside the family, it, it's it's probably Damon Stoudemire.
0: Straight out of the WCC, Damon Stoudemire has been the head coach of Pacific for the past five seasons, and um, yeah, I mean he he is from what I understand he is uh, there is a desire to ha- get him to have that job there in Tucson. We shall uh, we shall see. This is I think
1: I think Damon would be terrific. Like I got yeah. to know him um, uh, fairly well. Um, you know he was it, it's wild how many of the candidates have connections to Memphis you know like Josh Pastner was the head coach there Damon Stoudemire was an assistant there Luke Walton was an assistant there um, Damon uh, you know also played with the Grizzlies he he was an assistant with the Grizzlies and the Tigers so uh, I, I know that some people have referenced his record at Pacific like um, you know uh, I, I'm, he's, he's 71 and 77 in five years and, and that is true but like a, you have no idea what he inherited if you're if you're referencing his career record, and B, um, you have no idea how hard of a job that is. There were people I know who told him, "Don't take that job," based on this alone. Who gets a West Coast Conference job besides the Gonzaga job and survives it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like yeah. Randy Bennett, and that's it, basically.
0: And, and maybe Mark Mark Pope. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but like, you know, but that's a newer thing. It's but true. Like he, you're right. You're right. Yeah you can't you can never catch the zags and you probably can't be an at-large team Or, or at least at the time when Damon took that job that was the reality of the situation and it was just like nobody gets out of those jobs you take them and then you keep them for as long as you can keep them and then you get fired but you don't get out of there so it's just it's a hard job and I can just tell you in basketball circles um he's respected um you know in the in the time that I've spent with him. Like he seems to, this might be the simplest, but also most vague way to put it. He gets it. I I think he under he understands the sport. You know, sometimes NBA players, former NBA players, come back to college and they don't quite get it. He gets it. I think he'd be terrific. But I also think Tommy would be terrific. And I would assume at this point, one of them will be the next head coach at Arizona. And I would assume at this point, we'll know it no later than early next week.
0: If you can believe it, Parrish, it's been four days since Hubert Davis was hired at North Carolina literally, what, five hours before the national championship game tips, and so we never even got to talk about that on the podcast. Shall we uh, lay out our thoughts for the folks?
1: Sure, we'll get into that next. But first, check this out. Visit roberthalf.com today. So two big coaching developments this week in terms of high-profile top 10 to 15 jobs in America. Arizona fired Sean Miller. North Carolina promoted Hubert Davis. As soon as Roy retired... Um, most people assume that Hubert would be his successor for a handful of reasons. A they like to keep it in the family at UNC Hubert very much as part of the family uh, played their uh, assistant coach there. And, and B I don't think that Roy was calling the shot here. Like I don't think Roy was naming his successor, but I, my understanding is that Roy did make it clear two things. He would like it to be a North Carolina person and B if we're picking from North Carolina people, he would prefer it be Hubert Davis. So, honestly, there was no surprise here whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I agreed. Um, on Monday, it was only one source. But what I, I heard from someone who heard from a person that interviewed for the job that basically said, this is almost certainly going to be Hubert. This just seems like this is the way that it's going. And then certainly enough, it was... I was actually a little surprised by the timing. Uh, Bubba Cunningham being the UNC athletic director and being on the men's selection committee on the day of the championship game, I actually just wondered if if he might just let the day be for the title game and then announce it on Tuesday when we were traveling back, which I would have been more than okay with. (laughs) I would have been more than okay for our own workflow purposes. But, hey, I guess if you got your coach and you're going to call the board to, to approve uh the man in the contract terms so be it uh hubert davis is 50 years old never been a head coach um and he is taking over a situation where like carolina was not good a year ago wouldn't have made the tournament if we had one it was just okay this season some roster retention issues here uh highly respected no doubt about it uh considered to be like really like just an all the time, really great guy. I'll be interested to see how this goes. It's it's a historic hire because it's the first time there's been a black head coach in North Carolina men's basketball history. And I I think he's got a decent chance to succeed here, but this is a wait and see totally for me. It just is because he's never been a head coach and he's not inheriting the job uh, where Carolina is just totally cruising right now, so he'll he will uh, he'll certainly have his initial set of challenges there. But if you want some optimism about all this, Parrish, you know, you could have you could you could we'll see you could have Beheim in his last couple of seasons here at Cues. You could have Mike Krzyzewski in his last couple of seasons at Duke. Larranaga and Bray, like you could have a lot of coaches on their way out. Louisville may or may not be dealt something significant in terms of punishment there. Like there could be an opening for Carolina for Hubert to really find some footing initially. But I think the state of the program the past couple of years, and this is why Roy stepped away. He said, I just don't think I'm the right man for the job anymore. I'm just not doing a good enough job. This I'm not as successful as I want to be. The team isn't as good as I want it to be. That's why I'm leaving. And so with that acknowledgement, is the reality that Hubert Davis has what I think is the best job in college basketball? But this is a challenge, like it, it is, and and it's. It, it, I'll tell you, it's even this. It and he knows this because he's been in, he's been on the bench for nine years. GP, like college basketball is not even the same sport. When Hubert Davis left ESPN to take the assistant job, like, the the transfer portal, NIL that's coming, all these things are are we we agree are wonderful for the player, but it is from to be a coach right now in college basketball, I mean, March and April, you're on two ends of the spectrum. You're either riding high cuz you're in the tournament or it's hell because you got to re-recruit your own roster and refresh the transfer portal website every 30 minutes. Um with Hubert,
1: you know, I think I think it'll work. You know, I, I, first off, I think he was the obvious hire because I, I I know like somebody asked me, "Why wouldn't, you know, North Carolina go after Chris Beard?" We have to understand the timeline here. Once Texas opened on March 26th, North Carolina opened on April 1st. By the time North Carolina opened, Texas had already opened, and there's just no scenario where Chris Beard was going to take North Carolina over Texas. You put both those jobs on the table for most people, most people are going to take the North Carolina job. But, But Chris Beard's like, not the one guy, but on the list of people who would take Texas over North Carolina for a variety of reasons. So, like, it just... In a different universe, if Texas doesn't open, like, you know, Texas beats Abilene Christian, goes to the Final Four, Shaka stays in, in Austin, and then North Carolina opens, then maybe you get Chris Beard. In fact, I think you probably do get Chris Beard if you want him. Um, But once Texas opens, you're not getting Chris Beard. So at that point, you're probably staying in the family. And promoting Hubert Davis was, again, if you're staying in the family, the, the most obvious thing that they were going to do. Like, people keep asking me, you know what would you know? Should they have done this? Should they have done? And I'm and I'm just like maybe they should have done a lot of different. This is what they were gonna do. This this was what they were going to do. So it's done. And I think it probably works. Uh, you know because I think I think most people probably work at North Carolina. I don't want to say it's an easy job, but you're set up to win there. You know you don't have to climb some big mountain like you're at, like at Penn State or Rutgers. Like you're you're set up to win at UNC. Um, so I think it probably works but but I, I should say this about Hubert and, and also to circle back to Arizona if they do go the Tommy Lloyd route with assistant coaches I mean with anybody you, you rarely know but with assistant coaches especially you just don't know you know like it is think of all of the people since you've been in this business who were incredible uh, assistant coaches and you thought man that guy's going to be a great head coach someday and then he becomes a head coach, and it's just like, yes, it's just whatever. And then they're fired, and now they're assistant coaches again or not even in the sport. Like, the list is long. We don't have to name them. I'm not trying to shame anybody. But you, you just you don't know with assistant coaches until they get the job and then they either do it or they don't. But anybody speaking in absolutes about people who have never sat in that chair, mm-hmm. you, you're playing a little bit of a fool's game.
0: Yeah, and particularly when it's a, a big job like this, um, it'd be wonderful to see Hubert Davis thrive at Carolina and potentially he will. I mean, I think he does have a good shot there, but we will, we will see. They've got, uh, they've got, they've got an opening, but man, yeah, that was Monday was wild too. When that thing <laughs> that went from, yeah, Carolina might actually, it might close today. They might name, name the next coach to, Oh, they're calling an emergency meeting. For the board right now, oh yeah, no, it's it's uh, they're actually going to do this. They're going to do this at like three forty-five in the afternoon when the title game is about to tip. Like (laughs) that, just from an inside, from an inside look on everything that I that changed in uh, like twenty minutes. That was just a madhouse before uh before the tournament tipped off there. But he's got he's got a good shot. He does have a good shot. We'll see who he adds to his staff there, and um. He'll have all the sport he could possibly he could possibly need. So I, I I look forward to it, and I do think it is a good hire. It is a sensible hire for North Carolina, and I look forward to. Frankly, I look forward to just getting to hear and see Hubert Davis more. You know, he was uh, such a just a peppy, optimistic. Affable presence when he was on television, and then he was just behind the scenes for the past nine years. Like he, he, you know, he wasn't a coach that was out front because he wasn't the head coach of Carolina. And he's got a really great energy about him; impossible not to like. And I think it'll be good for him in college basketball just to to have Hubert Davis kind of more, you know, front and center the way that he once was, albeit in a completely, uh, completely different role. Can I ask you real quick about two other hirings that have been made uh, in the past week or so that we sh- should touch on before we? Uh, before we wrap up here?
1: Dead leg, you can ask me about anything.
0: Okay. Mark Adams is taken over for Texas at Texas Tech for Chris Beard, promoted from within. Good move there. Uh and you've got Porter Moser who winds up going to Oklahoma. I think it's been almost a week since that happened now. Uh Moser, who was connected to potential openings at Indiana and Marquette while he was in the tournament, then those jobs filled before they were out of the tournament. Oklahoma was open, and then Moser winds up going down there and finally takes takes the bigger job there. Uh, they're both in the Big 12. The Big 12 has plenty of noise around contract situations in general. You mentioned the Bill Self thing. He's got a, a five-year, ever-renewing contract deal at Kansas. Beard's now at Texas. Um, but between Mark Adams at Texas Tech, Moser at Oklahoma, uh, who's, which situation do you think... The head coach there enters into a better spot Adams who takes over as the head coach after helping get Texas Tech to the 2019 title game considered an elite defensive mind and is probably deserving of the shot or Moser who has never coached in the Big 12 at all is at the better program uh, and certainly has proven himself as a head coach in multiple deep runs in the NCAA tournament Uh, kind of a broad question but just one I'm I'm curious about from your perspective on it, like which coach do you think is set up to have more success slash do you think might wind up having more success when we look four or five years down the road?
1: Well, I think uh, Mark is clearly, it it appears to me clearly set up to have more success, at least initially, because he's been there and he seems to be holding the roster together. Like, you know, he seems to be holding most of the roster together. I think the Mac McClung thing is still a little bit up in the air, but, but, like, it 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 appears he's going to be able to hold most of it together, which is um, especially impressive given the existence of the transfer portal. So I think he's set up to win. And then just like we were talking about with with Hubert and with Tommy, um, if Tommy becomes the head coach at Arizona, like, then we'll see. You know, like, you know, he's an incredible assistant coach. Now we get to see if he can be a head coach. But, um, you know, like, he seems to be set up for more immediate success. With Porter – and, and let me be clear on this. I think both these schools did like, since you use the word sensible, uh, you know, as it pertains to North Carolina hiring Hubert, I think these are both sensible things, if only because there, there aren't obviously great other options. Uh, you know, at, at at North Carolina, you could have maybe done something bigger. Um, but at Texas Tech, what, what are your other options? At Oklahoma, what are your other options? And 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 Porter at 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 Oklahoma was a you know, he's one of the hottest coaches in America at the mid-major level. His career is remarkable to me and incredibly unique in the sense that try to name other coaches who were division one head coaches for 14 years before they made the NCAA tournament, who got fired in the middle of that and is now a head coach in a power conference like that just does not happen for people who don't know he was head coach at Arkansas Little Rock for three years then he got the Illinois State job fired after four seasons and then he was an assistant coach got the Loyola Chicago job and finished in the Horizon League 10th and then 7th and then Loyola Chicago went to the MVC he finished 10th 6th 8th 5th and that was I believe 13 years as a division one head coach with zero NCAA tournament appearances, and then boom, they win the MVC, go to the Final Four next year, win the MVC, but go to the NIT next year, second in the in the MVC, uh, um, no NCAA tournament, and then this season win the MVC, go to the Sweet 16, and bam, he's the Oklahoma coach. I don't think you can find a story in college basketball that
0: replicates that. It'd be really hard, and that it's it's. Listen, it's a testament that if you can if you can make it long enough in this business and you can have success in the tournament, any kind of windows can, and doors could open for you. But I tell you what, I, Moses, I think he's going to do a good job at Oklahoma, and I know he's thrilled to have that job. And now Drew Valentino, oh, by the way, has been promoted from within at Loyola Chicago. He's 29 and the youngest head coach in D1 men's college basketball. Congrats to, to Drew. That is Denzel Valentine's uh, older brother, if you are curious. So we uh, he will now get that job there. I did have someone speculate to me, and this is a sliding doors kind of moment here. Someone speculated to me that if Loyola Chicago had simply lost to Illinois, that there is a chance. And, you know, who's to say? But they speculate if Loyola Chicago lost to Illinois, Moser might have been the guy for Marquette. He might be at Marquette now instead of Oklahoma. Now maybe Marquette was always going to hire Shaka Smart anyway, but it's just like he was still in the tournament. Wasn't going to interview for jobs when his team was in the tournament. And it's just, it's interesting to see how these uh, sometimes the way these jobs break one way or the other. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but I was told that a couple of days ago, it's like, Hey, you know, there is a chance. Like there's no doubt about it. Marquette was interested, but at a certain point they wanted to fill its job and Shaka was there. So it was going to take it. Why not? I hear you. But there's a bunch of examples of that kind of stuff, you
1: know, in in recent years or like in the past 10 years. Um, I remember when UCLA opened, I guess, after Ben Howland, they wanted to interview Greg Marshall. But Greg Marshall was still in the NCAA tournament. He was actually in L.A. in the Sweet 16 and UCLA wanted to talk to him, and he just said, I'm not doing anything until my season's over. I am focused on this. If you want to wait, I'm I'm happy to talk to you, but I'm not talking to you until after this is over. And they said, nah, we'll just hire Steve Alford. But if, if, if Greg Marshall would have lost in the round of 32 that year, or if UCLA would have been willing to wait, I genuinely believe Greg Marshall would have been the head coach at UCLA. But because he kept winning and they refused to wait, um, they went the Steve Alford route. And so these, the t- timing on these things it, it is always interesting. Like if Shaka – like let's, let's, let's cut it both ways. If Shaka wins his first game, second game in the NCAA tournament, and Porter loses his first or second game in the NCAA tournament, like this whole thing could just be different. Yep. Shaka's still at Texas. Uh, Porter is at Marquette maybe Chris Beards in North Carolina. <laughs> like the whole thing is different just based yeah. on these little bitty things.
0: Yep, timing is uh, timing is everything. We're at 51 job changes, I believe. It's been a busier carousel than was anticipated. It was expected to have movement, but not to this level. 14 jobs in the seven major conferences, uh, if you will, have, uh, have changed hands here. And the only one that needs to be filled from a power conference perspective is Arizona, and we should have an answer to that. I'm told, I think the goal is by Monday, so we'll see.
1: And our goal will be, now that you're feeling better, half-vaccinated, uh, to jump back on, and we'll record a new episode of the Iron College Basketball Podcast whenever the Arizona job is filled. Can you commit to that, Dead Leg? We'll see. <laughs> you can't commit to
0: that? I'm not, not going to commit to that.
1: I can commit to that. Ideally, we're going to be able to make that happen, yes. I can commit to that, as long as it's not right in the middle of a Mets game. All I do now is sit on my back porch and watch baseball. My favorite thing to do. I'm happy. Just sit on the back porch and watch baseball as a fully vaccinated man. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Larnell. And thank you guys for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast once again in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of of my lifetime. Norlander, it's been something else, you know? You keep reading about these variants? I haven't. You concerned about the variants?
0: Of course, but... I didn't see this coming.
1: Never seen one like this. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. And I'm committed to talking to you again real soon. Dead leg, we'll see. Till then, take care.